This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. The country we now call Australia was built on the stolen lands of hundreds of unique Indigenous nations, and we recognise that as white women, we continue to partake in and benefit from the act of colonisation. We pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to Bookslut, a podcast bringing erotica out of the gutter and into a snobbier gutter. Hi, my name is Abby. And I'm Sam. It should go without saying that this podcast is not safe for work, so put your headphones in. All right, I'm going to send you the book. Here you go. So this is what I read. Do you want to read it out? <laughs> uh, the AI Who Loved Me by Alyssa Cole. Um, this cover fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like it. It's kind of cute. So today I thought we'd talk about AI. Obviously, as you can tell from the title, it's a, it's a pretty dead giveaway about what's about to happen between these two two uh... what <laughs> so this is an audible thing right and i wanted to read it but it they don't have a book version of it yet it was written specifically for audio which is interesting as well um so they've got like different actors doing different voices and um oh so it's more like like a radio play than an audio book yeah um but anyway i was drawn to it because Alyssa Cole is someone we've spoken about before. Our avid listeners will remember that she came up a little bit when we were talking about Romance Writers America. Yeah, she was a badass. Yeah, so she's like super highly regarded. Um, Her works are often set in like the backdrop of some kind of like political upheaval Um, and her characters are usually like quite diverse. She has lots of different kinds of people in her books. They're not always heterosexual, which is cool. They're not always human either. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I don't know. I was just drawn to her because she's one of the authors who's like actively trying to make the romance genre like better, more interesting, more inclusive. And as you know, like I'm interested in... um, in tech so this is a topic I've wanted to talk about for a while so I'm excited this this topic has a lot in it and a lot of the AI commentary to do with sex tech is talking about sex robots going forward it would be good to have a bit of a definition of like when we're talking about gilly sex robots they're different because they are a social robot rather than just like robots in general, we are specifically talking about social robots. Yeah, awesome. Well, though, that's I think those kinds of things are good to keep in mind moving forward through this discussion. I think also, like, I mean, there's a bit of a content warning on all of the stuff that we do, but I feel like I'm not sure exactly where this conversation is going to go, but I imagine <laughs> that there should be a content warning on the top of this. <laughs> Yeah, probably. This brings up a lot of really interesting um, discussions around ethics and consent and free will and humanity, which is why I love this topic, but it's also like pretty hairy waters. Hairy waters? (laughs) Hairy, hairy waters. 
<laughs> I, I mean, the area of sex tech is definitely something that I've spent a bit of time looking at. As you know, it's an area I'm interested in more than just talking about sex on a podcast. Um, and it's exciting to talk about it, but it's also like in sex tech more broadly, there's so much more to that industry than just sex robots and teledildonics, which are the things that get the most attention most of the time, because they're the kind of like real, like gritty, interesting topics that everyone's drawn to. But yeah, so just acknowledging that there's so much more out there in sex tech. We're just specifically today focusing on AI and robots. One of the other things that I discovered in researching this is that like pretty much it's like sex and war are like two of the major drivers of technology. (laughs) Oh yeah. The first um, vibrator was invented in 1869 and it was steam powered, but it was also one of the vibrator was one of five products that were the first products to be used with electricity. Really? There you go. Yeah. To say that like sex drove that is not entirely true. That that was done because of like the hysteria thing and doctors were getting tired of manually um, stimulating women to cure them of their hysteria. So, um, so they, yeah, so they electrified it, but it's photography, paperback books, modern video conferencing and answering machines all had really early support from the sex industry and is like one of the reasons that they became commercially viable. Totally. And this continues on today and it's a real big gripe of mine and of a lot of people in this area that like the sex industry and, and including sex workers are generally really early adopters of technology, of new, of new technology and really help to like build it up to a viable product. And then as soon as it becomes viable, they are then kind of kicked out of that space. So it's upsetting that that's been happening for so long and it continues to happen. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to tell you the story now. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, as the title gives away, uh, this is essentially a tale between a human and an AI humanoid robot. Um, But it's like, it's, it's like so much more than that. always is (laughs) i thoroughly enjoyed this book it was very clever you can tell that Alyssa cole has done her research into this space like it's very much sci-fi but it's like i mean it's romance it's romantic sci-fi there could have been more sex to be honest but like it's funny and it's smart and it was also like really emotive yeah loved it so It starts off, um, like it opens with a therapy session between Trinity, who's the main character, and her AI therapist. Trinity's battling what seems like some kind of post-traumatic stress and anxiety due to some unknown incident that we don't really know much about at this point. And she's like talking about how she's like struggling to connect with people and she hasn't felt any desire since the incident. The backdrop of this story is kind of like, a futuristic look at now, like climate change is rife. There's political upheaval, um, lots of tension between the US and Russia and China. Pretty much like like our world. <laughs> yeah, it's just a high-tech version of our world, essentially. 
there's this tech company slash government Goliath thing that's called the Hive. Of course it's called the Hive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Trinity lives in this like complex that's like super futuristic and then it's like there's like AI built into everything. Like all of her appliances are smart. Um, She's got like a a AI virtual assistant called Penny who's always just like popping in. (laughs) And she lives next door to this woman who is called Dr. John. One day uh, she introduces Trinity to her nephew. So her nephew's name is Lee Wei. And Dr. John kind of sets this up She's like, oh, Lee Wei is recovering from an accident and he has some like memory loss issues. And because Trinity's also suffering from trauma stuff at the time, she's like instantly like kind of softened and like drawn to this because they have this like shared thing they're struggling with. They're both damaged. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a bit weird, but okay. Yeah. It, yeah. So they start to like have more and more like interactions. She's like super attracted to him because he's like ripped. <laughs> not, not because of their mutual bonding. Like he's just like super ripped. Oh yeah. He hot. <laughs> so she has no idea at this point that he's not human, but we know it as readers because he syncs up with Penny. Syncs up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that cheating? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) So he like syncs up with Penny to get a bunch of data. And immediately I was like, oh no, 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 no. Red flag, red robotic flag. (laughs) Um, Nah, hard pass. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. Trinity like notices that Lee Wei's behavior is really weird, but she keeps kind of being like, oh, he's recovering from trauma. Um, I get it. I've been through it, which is like quite uncomfortable to read because you're like, oh, you're so vulnerable. And then, yeah, we we learn that Lee Wei has a bunch of these files that he doesn't have access to that are encrypted. Um, And we learn that Dr. John actually, like it turns out he was previously hive tech, but Dr. John has taken him out of the hive and is trying to like reteach Lee Wei how to be human. So plot thickens. <laughs> <laughs> but so like immediately this idea of AI not identifying itself or pretending to be human and deceiving other humans in that way. Yeah. I mean, so I spent a lot of time watching videos of sex dolls. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. <laughs> And just to allay any fears of listeners, it is, that is a long, long way off. (laughs) As in like sex dolls, sex robots aren't going to be fooling people into thinking they're human. Oh no, not, oh no. So there's like, there's kind of two main sex robot companies, True Companion and Realbotics. True Companion has Roxy. With three X's. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And she's currently up to her ninth version. Um, they developed the first in the 90s. So, like, new the new Roxy incorporates articulated skeleton, customizable hair, eye, skin color, heartbeat, circulatory system, and personality. Wait. Wait, wait, why do you need to customize her circulatory system? 
No, so she just has a circulatory system. It's not customized. That's a real bespoke <laughs> service. She was fucking terrifying. I saw her do an interview with Dr. Oz and like one of her eyes was like pointing down and the other one was like normal and every now and then she just kind of have this weird like twitch and <laughs> it was just like it was so horrifying to watch. <laughs> I was, I was just, um so the other one is called harmony and that's the one from real botics and like she's she's much better (laughs) um but i did think like watching her when she spoke was like watching those old like kung fu dubbed movies where like her jaw just like moved a lot and then words happened at like different times (laughs) yeah um, and the other problem is that it's like currently the state of sex bots is an animatronic head on like a silicon yeah. body, but they don't walk. They can't really move around much. They now have gyrating hips, which is a nice feature. Um, <laughs> but on the whole, it's like you would you would not confuse this doll for a human in any way. <laughs> Even if it was just sitting still on a on a on a couch, like. But do you remember? So in two thousand and eighteen, do you remember when Google essentially used an AI virtual assistant to make appointments, and it was so convincing that the people on the other end of the phone couldn't tell? Do you remember that? Yeah, and I think that's I think that's part of the you know if you have AI technology that learns of how people react to it or or relate to it, if they don't realize that they're relating to a robot, maybe that actually changes how like your, your AI will then become more human because people are just reacting as they would to a normal human person. Whereas if they know it's a robot. But on the flip side, like, so a lot of, there's a lot of outcry to, to the the Google thing that happened in 2018, people being like, it's deceiving, it's um, unethical. Like a lot of people got really up in arms about it and they ended up, because like they included things like ums and ahs and pauses like expressly to try to make it sound more human-like. And so in the end, they ended up putting in a, a feature where they have, like it has to announce itself as a virtual assistant because people were just like really, really shitty about it. It also like raises this idea of like, I don't know if you've heard of it or if you've read about it in your research, um, the uncanny valley. That's exactly what I was just about to talk about. (laughs) You want to explain it for those who haven't heard about it? It's a theory from a Japanese roboticist in the 70s, Mashiro Mori, which kind of the the gist of it is that as robots become more human-like in behavior and appearance, they become more acceptable to humans to a point. (laughs) And then once they become too human-like, humans freak out and find them incredibly creepy. It's kind of, it's really interesting. Again, this like ties into the sex bot um, in kind of the way that sex bots are created because 
and I'm going to pronounce this incorrectly, Pygmalion, is that how you pronounce that? Mm-hmm. So um, essentially, essentially like the Pygmalion aspect of sex bots. And that is that, so Pygmalion is the story for people who don't know, is the story of a sculptor who sculpted this beautiful woman and then was like, no other woman will compare to this woman I've sculpted. And then Venus turned it alive and they got married. It's incredible. It's an incredibly sexist story. (laughs) So this is replicated in a lot of the way that we're currently creating sex bots uh, because they are overwhelmingly female, but they are also overwhelmingly modeled on a certain body shape. And one of the, there was this great article that I read um, that was, so it was the only kind of queer critical article that I could find on sex bots and sex technology. And it was by Tanja Koobs, but she looked at the mission statement essentially of Realbotics and was saying that because in them, they say, you know, they're aiming to create these anatomically correct robots. And she writes, you know, anatomically correct is actually probably meaning that the orifices a user might want to use for sexual purposes are where they would expect them to be. But the more interesting thing of their mission is that they, they're trying to create something that's hyper-realistic And this idea of hyper-realism, it's like the goal is not simply copy reality, but to distort and exaggerate it. They're not trying to create a realistic human woman. They're trying to create a hyper-realistic, hypersexual woman, which is actually an interesting space. And a lot of what Tanja Cube talks about is that like, this isn't how it has to be. And it isn't how it should be. And rather than disengaging from the conversation around sex bots, feminists and queer people should actually be really engaging in this space to try and change it and to try and make it so that people aren't just recreating those gender stereotypes and hyper-realistic hyper yeah, women. totally. I think there's a lot we can learn from... I mean, I don't know if they're widely called this, but like the porn wars essentially of earlier feminism when we had a lot of, that we saw a lot of anti-porn feminism coming through. I think there are a lot of parallels between the arguments around porn and feminism with sex robots and feminism. And I think that there is definitely a lot of room for sex positive feminism to be able to play a really important role in not just shutting it down, like you're saying, but be like, okay, well, sex robots is a thing that is happening. How can we make them better? You know? Yeah. So there's this campaign against sex robots who's led by robot ethicist Kathleen Richardson. Mm, yeah. And um, yeah, so I read a lot of their stuff. And in some of the articles, I was like, all right, like that kind of, that that makes sense to me because I do think that fundamentally, like how sex robots currently are, is creating this representation of women's bodies that is quite harmful. Yeah. So currently, I'm not going to be like, yay, mm. woo, sex bots, you know. But that's not to say that it can't improve and that we shouldn't actually be in those spaces making them improve, right? Yeah. 
but the more I read into it, my notes about her are kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a bit further down being like, she's sounding a little swerfy. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then a little further down being like, what a fucking swerf. <laughs> yeah, I get real strong um, Dworkin vibes from her. She's the robot Dworkin. <laughs> it's interesting that we're kind of replicating this same argument just about a different type of technology and a different thing that's happening. And the idea, I would find it very interesting if there are people who, who are feminists who believe that pornography can be, you know, um, feminist centric or, or and not harmful to marginalized groups who are entirely against sex robots well something that comes up a lot regardless of whether it's about sex or not that comes up a lot in terms of ai ethics is this question of like well are the questions any fundamentally different to, to questions that we've come across before and like sure some of the questions are the same but a huge thing that changes it is the scale and the scope. Like if you have really sophisticated AI systems or sophisticated humanoid robots, the scale and scope of how potential harm, for example, can be you know, perpetuated is so much more than any technology we've seen before. Um, but I do think it's interesting that we like we are revisiting questions we've grappled with before i mean so again and I'll, I'll be quoting cubes a lot but her argument was essentially that like actually maybe we should think about the fact that we could use ai technology to disrupt um current sexual hierarchies and and relationship hierarchies and we should actually be looking into that right and when you think about it like sex toys for women used to just be a dick and now it's like they're the least popular sex toys are the ones that just look like a physical penis. The point of design we should start at is what should the robot be able to do, not what it needs to look like. And if at the end of that process form follows the function, then they're actually not going to look anything like what we currently think they look like with the sex bots. So that's also kind of a great idea. Well, it's something that I think about a, a lot. <laughs> I think about a lot when I think about sex robots. Um, <laughs> Which is a lot. <laughs> is like, why are we limiting ourselves to humans? Like, why does it need... I mean, not that I'm saying like animals. <laughs> going into animals. Or... No, but like, you know, it could be an alien, for example. Like, it could be like any kind of like weird being like it seems because honestly like the sex robots that I've seen do not make me aroused in any way (laughs) no if we're taking out this like well there needs to be and I, I I struggle with this because I still think like the beauty of sex is being attracted to the person you're sharing the sex with so like this idea of like being attracted to a a sex robot isn't I can't quite understand that from my own point of view so if you take out the need for it to look like this like hyper sexualized then like I don't know it feels like we're kind of like limiting ourselves in the design process at the moment 
if that it, makes sense. Yeah, no, it, it always throws me back to um, the part of the Dylan Moran stand up where he's talking about going to the gym and people trying to get their perfect body. And he's always like, you know, but all you end up with is just your body that's a bit more toned. If I had my perfect body, it would be like my face over here and then a long tube and my ass at like the other end of the of the room. I think that's <laughs> similar to, to like sex robots. I'm like, well, we've got, like, you can literally do whatever. Why not have something with like six hands? Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, why not why not have why not have like little suckers on each of its fingers like an octopus why not (laughs) (laughs) like why are we just being like oh let's just have something that looks like a human like what most basic like why would you limit yourself to a we already know what humans feel like (laughs) yeah exactly i want to be i want to be loved by somebody with 10 little sucker fingers and (laughs) and like I don't know something that vibrates a lot like a human tongue cannot do you know (laughs) I've been let down by enough human (laughs) men I don't need to be let down by a humanoid male form robot I just don't (laughs) it would be truly crushing (laughs) you're like I've programmed you and you're still disappointing to me (sighs) All right, I'm gonna get back to the story now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, so much to discuss. <laughs> so, okay. So, Doctor John has like some kind of stroke or, or something. It's unclear. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, so they're rushed off to hospital and put in like this induced coma. And just before she's taken away, she's like, Trinity take care of leeway very dramatic and so trinity like takes it on herself she's like shit okay gotta look after my neighbor (laughs) he still doesn't know that he's non-human at this point by the way so story continues they keep bonding they keep flirting leeway at one point gets really frustrated because he's not able to like learn as fast as he wants to and so he he asks penny the virtual assistant for access to more advanced vocabulary files and she's like nah (laughs) you think you can just swan in here and skip a few steps you need to like put in the due diligence and like take the time to learn i've taken 10 years to learn fuck you good work penny you tell that robot man the (laughs) audacity well and then so he's like well fine i found this other file on the dark web and so he like unzips that and downloads it into him no and it turns out it's a bunch of um, files from Reddit. And then, like, Penny's like, oh, my God, don't. Like, please don't. <laughs> and he's like, why? Why, are you triggered or something? <laughs> oh, no. He's already done it. He's already done it. That's a classic Reddit move. <laughs> right? So Penny's mortified and she's like, fine, delete it. Like, you can have the vocab files, you piece of shit. <laughs> Like stuff like that. I was just like, that's that's a funny little commentary on Reddit bros. I liked it. <laughs> and like as Leeway tries to like learn to understand human behavior, he's just kind of like gobsmacked by it. Coming from like being really interested in in this area and studying in this area, I thought that Alyssa Cole actually did a really good job at like highlighting 
just how hard it is to try to teach a computer the complexities of what it is to be human. Mm. He's just like, why? why would you do that? <laughs> so it's, it's really interesting. Um, <laughs> Sounding super sexy for a big AI nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Trinity eventually invites Lee Wei over for dinner. She still doesn't know. Still. <laughs> and he's, he kind of assumes that she's just doing that because she feels like he can't look after himself. Um, but then he has a conversation with Penny and Penny's like, oh, you fucking idiot. She asked you on a date. I love Penny. Penny's my favourite character in this so far. Um, Penny also confronts him. She's like, what do you think is going to happen when Trinity finds out that you're not human? <laughs> and he's like, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Leeway comes over for dinner. He, oh, that's the other thing. He, so before, like once he realizes it's a date, he like goes away and like ingests a bunch of data and articles and movies and stuff about dates so he can learn date etiquette. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it like got me thinking about like this idea of, well, I mean, I think the robot version's a bit creepy, but I don't hate the idea of like, People who are about to go on a date, like, think about their behaviour, you know? <laughs> Just have a moment to think about your behaviour. <laughs> I think you've just described just, like, being self-reflective. <laughs> yeah, and I wish more people would fucking do it. <laughs> so she gets, like, all flustered when she sees him and she's all, like, all fucking hot and bothered. And he touches her wrist at one point and then he's like, your pulse is quicker than average, but you don't seem to be in physical distress. <laughs> oh my God. How does she not realize he's a robot? <laughs> Trinity is a dumbass. Well, because she's so like, she's so convinced that he's just working through trauma, um, which is just upsetting. Um, <laughs> I have a study here from 2019 about, how many people would have sex with a robot? Would you, would you like to know that? Yeah, because that's where it's going eventually. <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> oh, my God, it took so long. So long. So a 2019 survey showed that, this is just in America, one of four American men would have sex with a robot, but only 9% of women thought about it oh wait they've even even thought about it like does that say if they would or not they're just not Uh, yeah I just I think it like meant that they like think about it in the sense of like it being a fantasy not just like oh I've considered it once in my life because surely surely everyone's considered having sex with a robot at least once surely I mean, it is mind-boggling to me that there is anyone in the world who that has not even passed through their mind. Watching, like, Bicentennial Man back in the day, like, at some point, you must have been like, would I? Oh, my God. 
Robin Williams in Bicentennial Man, I would have sex with. <laughs> I would. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. Um, so in the same survey, 49% of US adults think that in the next 50 years, sex with robots will be normal practice. Oh. Yeah. And the Foundation for Responsible Robotics conducted a survey that said roughly two thirds of men said they were in favor of using sex robots, while roughly the same percentage of women were against it. I mean, that kind of lines up with my assumptions. Yeah, but also I'm wondering about how they phrased the question because if someone, and this is and this is like, ooh, gender, if someone were to ask me, like, are you in favour of using sex robots, I my automatic thought would be, am I pro-men having sex with robots, right? Like I wouldn't even really think about me having sex with robots because that's not really where the market is. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like maybe if that's how they phrased it, then women would be definitely more against it in that way. But maybe if it had been like, would you have sex with, like, are you okay with you having sex with a robot? It might've been a bit different. I don't know. Oh, totally. I think you're onto it. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's just some, that's just some stats about how many people would have sex with a robot. (laughs) Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds. And I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> and I tell you what, this book, like I'll get to the juicy bit soon. Eventually, I have to wait. You have to wait. It definitely made me be like, hmm, would I? (laughs) Um, So she makes tacos for dinner. And because he doesn't know how to eat, he takes a bite out like straight from the middle of the taco because he looks at it and he sees it like a sandwich. What a freak. (laughs) You're going to dump that bastard right now. Blah, 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 blah. Eventually he sees this tiny little spider um, and he like goes to get it and he ended, he ends up like punching through this thing in her apartment, like right through this big metal thing. And she's like, what the fuck? Um, turns out the spider is like little tiny mechanical, like spyware essentially. Um, so he was doing it to try to protect her. But in the meantime, he punched through this big metal thing. And she was like, that's some serious strength. What is up? Rip off my clothes. Strong trauma, man. (laughs) Um, And so he's like, oh, the jig is up. I'm a biosynthetic humanoid. (laughs) The jig is up. So she kind of like goes back and forth with grappling with this idea, which like fair. And she realizes that all of his weird behavior has not been because of trauma. It's just because he's been learning how humans interact. And she starts to feel like really like foolish about it. Cause she's like, fuck, like, of course the first guy that I'm into in ages turns out to be a fucking robot. Of course. (laughs) 
Um, anyway, long story short, she ends up deciding to help train him how to, in how to become human. She starts to really grapple with and is alarmed by how her body reacts to him because she's like super aroused by him, right? And then she's, she's kind of like, I don't want to be rude, but like, it's weird knowing that you're not human. And he's like, why? I mean, nothing has changed about my physical makeup from the moment before I told you to the moment after. And she was like, (laughs) and then he starts asking questions. He's like, you know, what's the difference between interacting with a human and a non-human being? Will you start to treat me differently now? Are you going to start treating me as like less than human now? And I was like, for a romance book, we're bringing up huge questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I... In, like, I have some stories of, like, AI things that people have been attracted to. Okay. (laughs) So, I mean, obviously we've already kind of touched on it, but, like, voice assistants, the virtual assistant thing is is massive. There was a 2000, and this is made me so angry, and I didn't know this, but you probably already do. But there was a 2019 United Nations report and it essentially says, you know, the assistants are always gendered female. They always have women's voices, but they're programmed to be submissive in the face of gender abuse. So the report had like these things of user comments such as you're a slut or you're a bitch triggered responses that included I'd blush if I could and well thanks for the feedback. Ugh. When asked who's your daddy, Siri said you are. And so then there was feminist outcry, surprisingly, and the companies have now changed the responses from playful to neutral. So they say I don't know how to respond to that and I'm not sure what outcome you expected. Then there's also Alexa, who received over 1 million marriage proposals in 2017. The responses to the comment, you're hot, included, that's really nice, thanks. And thank you, this plastic looks great, doesn't it? Like, why can't they just be like, like, if you have to have a response, why could it not be like, that's inappropriate? Don't talk to me like that. And you know what's fucked about this as well is like I think it's pretty easy to to point the finger at examples like that and be like, oh, what's the big deal? It doesn't really matter. But then I don't know if you heard about this, but pretty recently there was this whole outcry about how if you use Siri to be like to say something like I've been raped or to look for um, abortion services, Siri wouldn't understand you. But if you used it to try to look for places where you could buy Viagra, Siri could help you, which is totally fucked. And like, it can actively harm users. Like, it's really important for us to remember, for all of us to remember that, you know, these kinds of things do have real world effects in the way that we interact with our, not just interact with with machines, but also the way that we program them has real world impacts And that example is like a super highly gendered one. And I think it's a really good example that just goes to show who and what is and isn't valued by society because it's so embedded into our technology. And then it just continues to kind of 
perpetuate and exacerbate these issues. Wow. Um, I was also reading that like there are, there are reports of US military personnel forming attachments with bomb disposal robots. (laughs) I mean, and, to be clear, because of the type of podcast this is, we're, we're saying like friendly relationships. <laughs> well, I think like the under, the under, uh, the overarching thing is that humans often anthropomorphize um, non-human things. We do it with animals. We do it with, we do it, people will do it with their like vacuum, like their Roombas and stuff. Like with their plants. With plants. Absolutely. Like humans tend to do this sort of stuff and what some of the research in uh, human robot interaction shows or indicates is that our hesitation to harm or to treat robots badly generally reflects a, a broader sort of tendency towards empathy so it reflects well on us if we don't harm robots it generally points to the fact that us as humans are being empathetic and so like on the flip side, if you're unkind or mean or abusive towards machines, like what does that say about your behavior towards other other beings as well, you know? And now I think is a good time to bring up the article about the robot molested at an electronic show in Austria. Oh, yes. Whose name? was uh samantha actually um but i mean in the end i just got the one quote from the guy who built samantha said um the people mounted samantha's breasts her legs and arms at the end of the electronic show two fingers were broken and she was heavily soiled heavily soiled Ew. Yeah, and I don't, maybe maybe it's just dirt, Sam. I don't know. It didn't go into specifics. <laughs> I, it's disgusting. The behavior is and fucking disgusting. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't even like. I mean, not this doesn't excuse it, but it wasn't like sexpo. It was. It was just like an electronic show where this person was like, "I've created this like cool robot that happens to be a sex robot, but also electronically is quite cool." And that was all people needed to be like, well, fucking mount it. Like, yeah. To me, that just rings really big alarm bells because it's like the slightest indication that that's what it's for. And in a public place, not just one, not just one creepo, but like several, if not many, (laughs) (laughs) couldn't fucking keep it in their pants, you know? Gross. Yeah. Um, so just to go back to the, the Roomba thing, not sure if you just mean like people just liking their Roombas, which is a thing that, that we know, or this whole thing where the makers of Roomba have actually reported on the fact that they really struggle because it's less expensive for them to replace a Roomba than it is for them to fix the Roomba, but families and people insist that the makers fix their Roomba because <laughs> they want their Roomba 
<laughs> to stay in the family. Oh, like it's kind of sweet, but it's also kind of fucked, you know? Like it's, I just find it fascinating because it's like, well, if, if people can become so attached to a tiny little vacuuming robot, <laughs> yeah. what happens when the robot can talk to you or is like specifically trained to try to elicit an emotive response in you, you know? It's wild. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's part of the conversation as well. Like just because the robot can't feel, let's just say that the the robot can't feel in the way that we think of feeling. But if your emotional attachment to the robot is real, then like, why is that anything less than a real feeling of love or emotional connectivity at that point? Like, we spend a lot of time thinking about like how the robot reacts to things, but actually maybe we should be focusing on how people are creating um, intimate relationships with a robot. And that can be like sexually intimate or, or not. Like it's, yeah, it's interesting. And also like extending on that, like just because the robot may not feel, if you have formed an attachment to the robot and that attachment is real, I feel like there's a relationship that like, between that and this idea of like if you were if you are abusing a a robot just because the robot isn't in pain doesn't mean that that action is completely devoid of consequence even if the consequence is on you as the actor the perpetrator of that abuse you know yeah and that's actually um that was the other thing I was reading about with Kate Darling and her work towards having kind of laws against the mistreatment of robots like it doesn't actually matter if the robot can feel it or not it's about the people enacting those things on the robots and that is maybe something that we should consider having laws around yeah totally yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see how the legal, like what the legal landscape looks like around that in coming years. Yeah, I mean, um, a few states in the US have outlawed selling sex robots that look like children. Um, oh, yeah. And so there's a whole other thing involved in that and, and that side of it. But mostly it's called, the law is called Curbing Realistic Exploitative Electronic Pedophilic Robots Act 2017, which the acronym of which is CREEPER. You know what? Say what you will about the US, but <laughs> I feel like they often have great acronyms for their, <laughs> their laws, you know? <laughs> But anyway, it is, yeah, in, in a legal space, it's um, pretty, like, it's an interesting thing to, to consider what rights and responsibilities robots have and how, how we relate to them legally. But then later on, they end up having this conversation about what it means to have a crush on someone. Because obviously he doesn't really understand that concept. And then this leads into them talking about sex. Um, and she's kind of like tiptoeing around it because she's obviously in her head like, fuck, I have a crush on a fucking robot. This is bonkers. And then so she like, you can tell that she kind of wants to ask him a question about whether or not he's capable of having sex. 
but then she like shies away from it and she's like, nah, that's inappropriate. And then, but he picks up on it because he's gotten really good at reading her cues. And then he's like, I am capable of sexual function. And she's like, whoa, whoa, I didn't ask, I didn't ask you that. Like, you don't have to tell me that. Um, And he's like, isn't that, isn't that what you wanted to know? And she was like, yeah, it is. But like, it's none of my business. Like, you don't have to tell me or tell anyone that. And then she like, it dawns on her and she's like, you know, you don't have to do anything sexual if a human says that you have to, because in this world, part of the AI programming laws is that they have to listen to humans essentially. And she's like, you know, if there's a rule in your programming that says that you have to do anything like that, I'm making an emergency override. You're allowed to choose who you have sex with. And you don't have to listen to any human who tries to make you do anything that you don't want to do. So like, I was like pretty impressed that that was included in this book. Um, But then it also like plays a pretty significant plot point because then her saying that like causes his algorithms to like re jig themselves so that he's no longer sort of subject to that. Mm. Yeah. Consent and robots. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think the three main ways that the literature categorizes sex bots and um, this kind of technology is either, and it has, and, and the way that you categorize it has like such a massive impact on how you view the answer to all of the questions we've kind of been talking about. So it's either, you know, they categorize it as a masturbatory or a masturbatory act. So in which case the robot is similar to like a vibrator or an intimate relationship that's comparable to sex between consenting adults or um, sexual contact with an entity incapable of consent, such as a child or an animal. Yeah. And so depending on how you view it is obviously has massive consequences for how you construct the answer to having sex with a robot, <laughs> really. Yeah. Um, what I what I actually found equally interesting was the question of like these robots would not be programmed to like break up with you. So if you did get into a relationship with a robot and you did have these feelings of like intimacy with a robot but you don't have any of the like risk of a relationship because then they're never just going to be like okay cool bye I'm gonna go travel the world yeah and like Trinity kind of deals with this a little bit as well like she's worried a lot of the time she's like how would I ever know if he's doing something because he wants to or because he feels like he has to or because he's programmed to um like how could you have a relationship with someone if you're constantly questioning whether or not they're they're of their own free will yeah Um, and I I think I think actually where a lot of people have a problem with consent and sex bots is that it's actually by like having an ever consenting sexual tool that looks like a woman generally, although there are, there is one male sex bot um, who you then can enact sexual fantasies on 
may actually have effects for how you deal with human women. Um, And I think that's kind of the main concern that people have with this. And it came out a lot with, you know, we were talking about Roxy, who's the true companion sex doll. um, And they released a bunch of programmable personalities and they're all terrible just from a naming conventions point of view, <laughs> like um, wild Wendy, S and M Susan, oh. young Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one that caused a massive uproar was a uh, frigid Farah. Yeah, and so it was a programmable personality that that kind of resisted sexual advances. And people who created the robot were saying, like, no, this isn't, it's not a rape fantasy. She's just like, if you go too fast, she'll be like, no, but it's not, it's not about rape. And then people were obviously a little just generally concerned that this might actually have a flow-on effect to human-human relationships to me that that makes sense because obviously like we're older now we're interested in this topic like we talk about it all of the time and it's still incredibly uncomfortable to talk to sexual partners about consent unless you know you have that sort of trust there but particularly the first time you sleep with someone it's an incredibly kind of you have to work through that and if most of your sexual experience is with something that doesn't require that conversation I can definitely see how you would just not have those skills you haven't developed that that skill set to actually talk to people about consent and and that's that is quite worrying to me totally and I think it's something that we should definitely like as a whole not just you and me because obviously we're thinking about it but like I feel like <laughs> more people need to think about these th- these things because like if you do or you don't, the technology is advancing and the way that, that humans interact with it will have some effect. It's it's unclear exactly what that will be, but like we have a role to play in how we should do that. And I think the consent piece is a really huge one. Yeah. And I I would be interested to see about because there there are there were a few throwaway lines in these articles that we're talking about like as a defense of of having um, more acceptance of sex robots is talking about people who are socially awkward um, and incels and if this would like cure incels but also they would often throw away without any sort of like I don't know further research or backup about people living with disabilities yeah don't put them in the same category well yeah firstly don't put them in the same category but also I was like well I would like to hear and I couldn't I couldn't really find very I couldn't find anything it's a it's a niche topic to find something on um uh, from someone living with a disability about using sex dolls for sex because I mean the thing is as well we we also you can also still if you are socially awkward or you feel that this is like uh, something that, that you need, we do still have sex workers. Yeah. <laughs> so like you can still have sex with, with a, with a human. I fundamentally don't like the idea of it being you of sex robots being used or being like a cure for 
bad behavior, like incels and things like that. Like there has been some things floating around about, well, would this be a good outlet yeah. for violent and tendencies rather than, out, you know, doing that with a human? Because I just feel like, no, we should be looking really critically at rape culture and toxic masculinity and how, and like all of the issues around gender and sex, like rather than slapping a sex robot bandaid on it, you know? Mm. A sex robot bandaid. Like, yeah, as as a cure, I don't really buy it. Like, (laughs) not convinced. Oh my God. Okay. So... (laughs) Blah, blah, blah. Skip some plot. She's gone swimming. He's sitting by the pool. Um, and then they have... Can he uh, swim? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, like they're chatting and going back to... Um, walking back up to the apartment. He's kind of like reassuring her that he has free will and that he's making his own decisions and it's not, um, it's not just his programming. There's been so much build up to this point. And at this point, like I am fucking invested in this story. (laughs) Um, And like, they finally like start kissing and like, Oh wait, so they haven't like, they haven't even kissed by this point. No. (laughs) So they finally start kissing and it's like quite hot. I was like, finally, like, I guess that's part of this whole like romance genre thing. Like so much building of this like connection between them, regardless of if he's, sentient or not I don't know anyway they're kissing blah 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 they go inside and they start to like get down and dirty do you want me to I only I only transcribed one bit and it was the sex bit do you want me to read it to you absolutely I mean you've transcribed it so um leeway turns abruptly and carries me my legs wrapped around his chest his chest um he's strong (laughs) (laughs) yeah well no shit um he seats me on the edge of the kitchen island he rolls my bathing suit down my legs before he drops to his knees may i he stares up into my eyes until i nod and then he kisses his way up my thighs i close my eyes and thread my fingers into his hair he pauses just before he reaches my clit his breath tickling my sensitive skin instead of his tongue. And I open my eyes and I glance down. Do you want to stop? It's okay. When he looks up at me, I catch the faintest blink of light in his gaze and then something else, a depth of emotion I never imagined possible. No, he says, I'm downloading. There's wonder in his tone, as if this isn't the worst timing ever for a system upgrade or whatever is happening. (laughs) A file I've been trying to access for weeks has finally unlocked. I bite my lip against the urge to scoop my hips closer to him as his breath tickles me. Oh, is it more memories or is it like sex instructions? (laughs) (laughs) He laughs. Yes. My question goes unanswered because Leeway's powerful tongue licking along my clit puts an end to whatever thoughts were forming in my head. He licks and sucks and whirls his tongue against my sensitive flesh and I cry out, my heels pushing back into the sides of the kitchen island. And it goes on for quite a while. (laughs) (laughs) So they just have like normal human sex. Essentially, like, 
he ends up penetrating her and it's like quite intense and um at the end like and like it was hot within the confines of a romance novel I feel like I wasn't expecting much given that it was very much romance and not erotica um but I was still by this point like I was invested so I was like yes girl get it (laughs) like if I if I was to have sex with a robot maybe like his fingertip could come off and it would be like a lipstick vibrator that would be handy (laughs) like I just feel like if you were gonna have sex with a robot I would be let down if there wasn't some kind of like extra functionality beyond just like essentially a dildo. Like his penis could vibrate. Yeah. Or he's got like an extra little like bit like built in like the rabbit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why settle for human if you don't need to? (laughs) Um, Anyway, like they have all of this sex and then she comes really hard and like something that was really interesting reading it, like, he knows her, not just intimately like you would human to human, but knows her like a fucking robot would know, like super intelligent, has, knows everything that you like, can read your body response amazingly. And so he's just like going to town on her in every way that she could ever possibly imagine she was. Um, and I was like, damn. <laughs> anyway, so she comes. And then she starts crying. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if he can or not. I don't know if he's capable of orgasms. Like, it didn't say. This was going to be my next question. Dunno. Dunno. And then, so that's chapter 17. And then there's three more chapters, which are all just plot twist. Right. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. Long story short, they end up running away together and living happy ever after. Yay! Cute. So yeah, I like. I really loved like the best romance I've ever read. I think like as far as like clever, like it was witty. It was intel. Like it, I don't know. It was just it was good. <laughs> All right, we got a good, good uh, rating on Alyssa Cole, and it just like grappled with a lots of ethical quandaries that I just feel like you don't often come across. <laughs> Which is what I really want out of my erotica. Yeah, good point. I see. And to be fair, like I looked up the Goodreads reviews and people were similarly like, this is not what I sign up for when I'm reading romance. <laughs> and then lastly, and I think this is a nice point to wrap, wrap up on, is this idea. There's this whole, um, this is part of AI that's all about generative models. And that's where like creativity comes into it. And so it gets used in things like, writing songs or creating art or writing erotica as it turns out there's this um generator online that you can um essentially you can like type out the first few sentences of a story and it will complete it for you and i was playing around with it and it's hilarious um do you want me to read you the one that i just typed in before absolutely well, so I typed in, Abby unbuttoned her shirt and walked towards the strong man before her. She could see his erection in his pants. <laughs> Wait, is this still you writing this? You have to feed it something sexy so it learns. His erection in his pants is <laughs> sexy. Look, I'm not, 
good at... I, shut up. Uh, he looked at her hungrily and lifted her onto the kitchen counter and then slid his hands under her skirt. And then the, it generated the following. A stream of saliva flowed down her leg onto the <laughs> Bitch, I am hot and fucking hard now, he said. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> it really escalated quickly. Oh, so you being like this? She only laughed. <laughs> he could no longer take his eyes off her pretty face, even though her gaze had become very distant. Abby decided that there was nothing more to say. The money was hers. She took it and walked out of the kitchen and into the dining area. <laughs> so there you go. You know what? It's, I mean, it's, it's weirdly accurate. <laughs> Would you have sex with a robot? Quick fire question. Would I have sex with a robot? Yeah. Absolutely. No hesitation. <laughs> if I had the opportunity, absolutely. I, I, I mean, would you? Yeah, but not as they currently stand. I'm not interested in like a really creepy, I don't want a sex doll, you know? Mm. Would you feel um, betrayed if you had sex with someone thinking they were a person and it turned out they were a robot? Honestly, I feel like if they're that convincing, I mean, like, you look like a human, you sound like a human, you fuck like a human. I don't know. Like, I think maybe I'd be a bit put out and take some processing. But, like, at that point, does it, I don't know, does it really matter? Yeah, no. I feel like if they didn't, like, if they did have some sort of special sexy addition (laughs) and, like, you were just having sex with them and then suddenly something happened that was not not what normally happened. I feel like I would just be like, oh, wow, you must have had like a sex toy nearby. You know, my first thought wouldn't be like, this is a humanoid robot. Is that because you probably don't have, you wouldn't have your glasses on? (laughs) (laughs) And we're out. That's done. Love. Love.